Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the week six edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. I am your host, Gary Davenport, and luckily for all you folks out there listening, the co-hosts are here tonight, so you won't have to listen to me blather on for an hour. David Olivares, in one word, please sum up the current state of the New York Giants. Trying to pick a good word here, Gary. I'm going to say finished. Does that work? Finished? I like finished for them. Oh, it certainly seems to fit. Ryan Black, who's going to be the last team in the NFL to win a game this year? Well, the New York Giants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, that would be so – that's just brutal. I mean – I was telling the guys before the show went live, I'm a, I'm a Browns fan, so I'm at the, the rock bottom. I've punched through rock bottom into Browns fan. And I feel bad for the New York Giants after what's happened to them in 2000. You know, it's not like Cleveland or San Francisco or Chicago where you knew going in your team was a dumpster fire, so you could prepare yourself four set dumpster fire. The Giants went in thinking, hey, NFC East champions, trip to the Super Bowl. Now they're looking at the number one overall pick in next year's draft and whether or not it's time to replace Eli. Uh, Not for long. Just remember, the NFL stands for not for long. Ryan, it was a brutal week for injuries. Why don't you break down some of the big ones for us? Yeah, so the biggest one, obviously, was Odell Beckham Jr., uh, fractured uh, fibula. He's out for the season. So, I mean, I'm I'm sure everybody saw that. It was really sucked to see um, such a superstar like him. But I guess we'll continue on with the New York Giants. Um, Bear with me because we got a bunch here. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Fractured ankle out for the season. Uh, he actually tweeted that out himself. It was a bit surprising, but uh was hoping he was week to week. But, yeah, not the case. Uh, Dwayne Harris, who was the first to go down that game, fractured foot out for the season. Not really a fantasy thing unless you're relying on Eli, but still something. And then Sterling Shepard, uh, he did not practice today. He's got a sprained ankle. He's day-to-day. But I did not see anything that said he had shed the walking boots. So something to keep an eye on. Either way, stay away from all Giants. Um, Devontae Parker has a sprained ankle, and he left the stadium in crutches. But he's still considered day-to-day. I just keep an eye on it. Uh, not really sure. I haven't heard too much out of uh, Dolphins practice, but uh, he's pretty iffy for week six. Charles Clay... My tight end darling, oh, killer. Uh, it's, yeah, torn meniscus. So two to six weeks. I wrote about it in um, in my Tuesday morning article, and 
so I'm calling it at least a month. But he had his knee scoped and whatnot. Uh, but he's he's out for a while. Feel free to drop him if you want. But he was a top five tight end for the year. Blau Powell didn't practice today. Calf strain uh, does not look like he's going to play this week. But uh, Matt Forte actually looks like he might have a chance. So all the Elijah McGuire fans out there might need to pump the brakes just a, just a tad. Uh, Travis, no, Coke Matt, did not. Huh? <laughs> I said, no, Matt, sit down, Forte. You old over the hill. You need to move aside and let Elijah have his moment in the sun. Is that not the truth, though? It seems like any time Matt Forte gets hurt, someone else shines. So it's like I thought it was finally Elijah's turn, but Matt Forte may be bringing us down yet again. (laughs) That's why we can't. Please continue. This is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) I know. But there's so many injuries. Travis Kelsey, concussion. Um, he didn't practice he's, uh, today, and he's still in the protocol, so you need to have a backup plan on that end, which really sucks because it's hard to find a stud tight end like that. Jordy Nelson returned to practice. He looks like he's good to go. Um, the hamstring looks healthy there. Terrence West, strain calf, I don't think he's going to play. I think he's more considered week-to-week, and it's going to be Buck Allen, Alec Collins. And they did sign uh, our – Old buddy Bobby Rainey, our little uh, waiver wire wonder from a what was that a year or two ago? Good gosh! But uh, so it looks like Terrence West will be out. But uh, other than that, uh, Matthew Stafford looks healthy. Another one that popped up, which might be interesting, is Matt Bryant, the kicker for the Atlanta Falcons, is out with a back injury today. So keep an eye on that if he's your kicker. I know he just had a bye week, but sometimes we scoop. We don't want to worry about kickers. And, hey, no more bye weeks, so just plug a good kicker in. And to, But take a look if you got Matt Bryant. Might end up being out this week. All right, David, with all these guys dropping like flies, who should we look to on the waiver wire? Well, uh, Doug Coots at uh, Fantasy Sharks always puts out a good article each week, and I kind of I kind of take his stuff here. You mentioned the tight ends. You know, you've got this kind of phantom out of the blue uh, hip injury for Gronk, uh, Kelsey with a concussion, and uh, Charles Clay gone. So some guys that you might look to to replace them potentially. I want to start out with one guy who's just I, – I don't know where this came from. Ed Dixon, you remember him? Buck um, 75 against the Lions last week. I mean, that just came out of nowhere. And you got to kind of think – with Ed, you know, some cautious optimism. The Panthers wanted to come out and run sort of this, let's let's take the pressure off Cam. Let's also run with three towering targets downfield. That's why they went and got Funches in the draft a couple of years ago. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin's obviously a monster of a human. And they, they had Greg Olson, who was great um, at tight end for him. So maybe there's some value there with Ed Dixon. Um, stash him. You know, he's probably sitting on the wire right now or just got snapped up this morning, I should say. Um, George Kittle is an interesting one for me. I'm in San Francisco. Again, cautious optimism. But with the state of tight end this year, unless you've got Gronk or Kelsey, you know, you're kind of – I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of playing the matchups these days and just kind of just kind of winging it at tight end. Um, Kittle's interesting. 
Um, he did have eight targets last week, uh, brought in 83 yards or, or seven catches for 83 yards and a touchdown last week. And uh, he's got plenty of snaps to go, you know, to his name. He's got 251 snaps with San Francisco. So he's definitely the lead dog in that sort of tight end platoon they have going on over there. And then, of course, Austin Ferry and Jenkins, um, the Jets, you know, it's one of those situations where I know it's kind of a crutch argument, but um, someone's got to catch it, right? And when you have Jermaine Curse coming in and being like the top dog out there, you know, it kind of it kind of leads towards the tight end. You have weak quarterback play. So, so Ferry and Jenkins, we know he's a great athlete, and um, the yardage was awful, six catches for 29 yards. So, you know, that's kind of – just dink and dunk, I'm panicking and just tossing it to you. But he did get a score last week, so someone to keep an eye on if you're hurting at tight end. But um, we did have some some interesting running backs kind of come into the fold for waivers this week. Jarek McKinnon likely got scooped up last week in the panic after Dalvin Cook went down, but um, he looked great on Monday night. I mean, he outsnapped and outperformed Latavius Murray tenfold. Uh, Latavius isn't going to go anywhere, but Jarek's definitely the back to own in that Minnesota backfield for the foreseeable future. Again, not for long NFL, right? But um, Elijah McGuire, we mentioned him a few minutes ago. Uh, Matt Forte is kind of this husk, this ghost of a football player. He was great in his heyday, but I really hope he just stays out of the way and give this guy McGuire a shot. You might as well. I mean, the Jets are just kind of playing to play just to field the team each week. So I could see McGuire getting some run. He's probably available if he didn't just get snapped up today. So uh, those are some guys that jump out to me. Matt, Matt Breda, I think is how you pronounce it, in San Francisco. We have this nonsense going on with Carlos Hyde. It kind of sounds like coach speak to me, trying to motivate the guy. Uh, but, you know, to, to Shanahan's credit, it's, um, Hyde wasn't playing well when he, when he started getting benched. So, um, I think he had something like 19 yards rushing or something terrible like that, maybe 18 yards. So something to keep an eye on for these bye weeks with injuries abound. Someone you should probably stash and maybe not start, but just kind of hang on to for a while. But um, that's what I got on the waiver wire for this week. The only thing I would caution with Jarek McKinnon, and I know everybody it's Jarek week after watching him torch the Bears on Monday night. This is, I think, the third time in four years that we've seen this move. Only, you know, in 2000, would have been 2014, 2016, it was Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata, the slowest man alive. So Adrian Peterson gets hurt. Asiata comes in, runs like Matt Asiata. They take him out, give the ball to McKinnon a little bit. McKinnon pops off a long one. Yay, everybody loves Jarek McKinnon. And we never see that stat line out of the guy the rest of the year. So I'm not saying he's not worth a pickup. I'm just saying we've seen this movie before. And the Bears can't defend the – the Bears are hot garbage and then some right now at inside linebacker. They're like the Giants' receivers at inside linebacker. They're trying out guys in the parking lot. <laughs> That's just messed up. It's, well, before all I know, the Giants were that I'm surprised they could find Eli. He wasn't trying to jump off a bridge. I'm not going out there. <laughs> Brian, give me a week six sleeper. A guy that's a little under the radar. I mean, folks, between bye weeks and injuries, they need if they can plug a gem into their lineup. It's it's very helpful. Yeah, um, there are so many injuries. I, I forgot to mention that Robert Kelly didn't practice today either, but he was going to be my sleeper. So. Samaje Pirine, step on up because you face the poorest San Francisco 49er defense. And 
report just came out. Jake Rudin has already stated if Perrine uh, starts, he is going to get the rock. So I think whoever starts, so this is my sleeper is whichever running back starts. And no, that does not include Chris Thompson because he's not the starter. He is the scat back. But Right, and he's really, especially if you play in a PPR, Thompson's the guy. That, I think Thompson in PPR is like eight in fantasy points through five weeks. It's, so, yeah, he's not ridiculous. in the conversation. Yeah, yeah I know. And it's funny, I write about him the one week he does horrible, and it's like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, uh, this, but I like them all. But I think if you're going to dig deep, I mean, I, I think Samaje is probably on the waiver wire, most likely. Robert Kelly's probably owned, or at least I hope he is in most of your leagues. But it looks like he's going to sit. But give me P. Ryan all day against that San Francisco defense, and I think he can definitely put up high-end RB2 numbers. Oh, I like the call, especially if the Redskins, it's not really hard to imagine the Redskins being staked to a lead and maybe trying to grind it out a little bit in the second half, and that's between the tackles work, which, like you said, will be Pegram. Although, it's not like 49ers have been getting blown out. They're just losing every week. I think they've lost their last four games by 11 points combined. Which is I know, it's nice and agonizing. It's a nice and agonizing way to get to zero five. I know. <laughs> that's one way. I mean, they could shock the Redskins. Who knows? Don't pick them in Survivor. Don't do it. <laughs> David, who you got as a sleeper in Week Six? Um, well, I like uh, Martavis Bryant a lot this week. He's not really a sleeper as like an under the radar kind of name per se, but you look at the matchup in Arrowhead versus Kansas City, you know, they're they're a lot better against the run, Kansas City is, than they are against the pass. They're bottom five, uh, most generous, you know, to wide receivers, and they're, they're top three stingiest uh, against opposing running backs. Now, I'm not saying bench Le'Veon Bell ever, and nor will I ever say such a word for about ten more years maybe, but um, hopefully. But uh, I like the matchup here. I'm not I'm not ready to go all in on like a Ben Roethlisberger recommendation as a sleeper, but – you know, they're going to have to score. They're going to have to try to be competitive. The, you know, the Steelers are a competitive football team. They've got a lot of talent. And I like Martavis to maybe pop one over the top. All it takes is one big play, and he just made his whole day just like that. So um, a lot of people are kind of shying away from that passing attack this week, unless, of course, you're an Antonio Brown owner. But uh, Martavis makes a lot of sense, and he's dirt cheap on DFS. I think he's like 4700 on DraftKings. So that's a guy who I'm going to be having in a lot of my lineups this week. Oh, I haven't even lived my DFS last week. Last week was I just I don't even want to talk about it. I'll throw Jacoby. A lot of the guys that we like, a lot of the guys that we mentioned as waiver wire pickups to honestly could be okay spot starts this week if that's the situation you're in. You just need to pull someone off the waiver like Elijah McGuire and slam him in the lineup. Most of us could be especially if Forte doesn't play. I expect he will be a good play because the Patriots can't stop anybody. I'll throw Jacoby Brissett out there, too, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Two out of the last three weeks, he's put up decent fantasy numbers. He realizes now that he should just drop back and throw to T.Y. Hilton and that Hilton will go up and get half of them. So it's working. I mean, it's not exactly the most consistent offense, but they're getting some chunk plays. Brissett can run the ball a little bit. He's got three rushing scores for the year. And the Titans give up all the fantasies. The Titans are still, I think, third in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, and that's if you count the Jay Cutler game. 
So if you take that dog, ninety-two passing yards. <laughs> oh, tell me again why Matt Moore isn't the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. But anyway, Brissett should be an okay spot to start this week. Matt Moore. Yeah, it seems like saying. everywhere this week. I swear, I, I've looked at it everywhere, and it seems like every team I'm facing is like a Brissett. Hilton stack, and it scares the living crap out of me. Well, what's to be frightened of against the Titans that haven't been able to stop a wide receiver all year long, not on the Miami Dolphins, because you don't so much stop the Dolphins as they never start. So there's a difference. (laughs) Exactly. That's very true. (laughs) I was looking at some of their offensive statistics earlier today. Oh, my. Oh, my God. If you can get the Atlanta defense in – Team defense leagues, yeah, you want to start them this week. That game's already over and it hadn't started yet. All right, week kicks off. Philadelphia Eagles, Carolina Panthers. You know, who would have thought that we'd be asking this question five weeks into the season? But, David, Carson Wentz or Cam Newton? Well, I like them both, honestly. Um but I, I can't bet against Cam, you know, with as generous as Philly's been to opposing wide receivers this year. Uh, Cam's red hot right now, and uh, they're really clicking on that offense. So Cam gets a nod for me, but I don't think you can go wrong in this matchup here. Ryan, not really a super high-end wideout in this game, but a lot of guys that have some degree of fantasy relevance so why don't you uh, go ahead and rank the wide receivers in this one, and while you're at it, you can throw the tight ends in with them too. Let me get a little harder. Zach Ertz has been awesome. Yeah, Zach Ertz is the man. Dang it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm actually still going to stick with Kelvin Benjamin, number one. I like his odds this week. Uh, another injury I missed, geez, Devin Funches, he did return to practice this week. So uh, I'll put him, I'm going to put Zach Ertz two. Uh, I'll put Funches three, actually. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to say Jeffrey has a bounce back week. I've, I've written about it. I think I really don't like the matchup for Philly. So uh, that's why I'm... <laughs> Sticking to the side of the receivers on the Carolina side, but so Alshon Jeffrey four, and then Aguilar if you're desperate. I mean that that's just fine. But and then I'll throw in Ed Dixon. I mean he, it is what it is. It's just a dart throw ugh, tight end. I mean I don't even know what to call that back into that group. But if you need to play him. You need to play him. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people mad at Ed Dixon after this leak, like he's supposed to go out and get five ones. There's been two tight ends in NFL history. Caught 175 yards, had 175 receiving yards on five or fewer catches, and now Ed Dixon is one of them, and people are going to be mad that he don't do it again. This should be a good Thursday night game. I mean, it sets up as a good game. It, that's, it still might be played at a level because Thursday night football sucks, but – I mean, Jaguars, hey, Titans, and color rush. That. that game was on fire. Yes, it was. That was a very un-Thursday, <laughs> Thursday night game. <laughs> and just like that, we go from good matchups to well, not good matchups. Chicago Bears at the Baltimore Ravens, who might be the worst 3-2 and two team I've ever seen in my life. Brian, 
which Ravens running back are you going to go with, Buck Allen or Alex Collins? Uh, Buck Allen, not really close. He got all the goal line carries. He gets the targets in the passing game. Uh, it, it's with Terrence West out. I'm, I like Alex Collins. I do, I do. But it's got to be Buck Allen this week. I think he's a solid PPR RB two this week. Mister Oliveras, Mike Wallace, complete melt carton act. First three weeks of the season, I think he had three catches total. For like twenty something yards, catches five for around sixty, I think, and a score two weeks ago. Three for a buck thirty plus against the Oakland Raiders. He was it was a very Mike Wallace stat line. Are you buying or selling his resurgence? Can he keep it up and you know return to maybe that wide receiver three level that some of us sort of expected at the beginning of the year, or is this just a flash in the pan sort of deal? Well, it's kind of weird because you know how Joe Flacco goes. You know, have one game where he just has great stats, and then the next game he'll just do nothing. He'll get you a negative point one or something ridiculous like that. So I'm buying-ish, if that's a word. Um, I'm not going out and targeting him in trades or anything like that. Um, he's a great DFS dart throw, that's for sure. We know what kind of player he can be, like catch a 50-yard bomb right off the rip, right after kickoff. But um you know, he's, he's a receiver to keep on your radar if you need to throw in to balance out a deal or something like that. He's uh, trailing only Jeremy Macklin. He's got uh, 22 targets for the Ravens to Macklin's 28. So he's getting looks, that's for sure, and we know he's a fantastic athlete out there. So, so yeah, I mean, as a throw-in on a deal maybe, but I'm not going after this guy. My beloved Cleveland Browns, about to go 0-6. At the reeling Houston Texans, who had the heart of their defense ripped out while and shown to them while it was still beating last Sunday night with the loss of J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless, both to season-ending injuries in the span of the first five minutes of the game. Good stuff. As an IDP guy, it made me very, very sad to see J.J. Watt get hurt again. While they have that bad news, David, there's good news on the other side of the football. All of a sudden, the Houston Texans look like an offensive football team. From a fantasy standpoint, is Deshaun Watson already a top-five quarterback? Um, Yeah, right now he absolutely is playing like one. Garbage time, of course, counts, and we saw that exhibited Sunday night. Um, I I can safely say right now the only other quarterbacks I would rather own would be Brady, Rodgers, Drew Brees. Um, Beyond that, give me Watson. You know, he's he's playing lights out. He's getting it done with his legs. you know, he doesn't really – it was nice to see him get Will Fuller back so he has someone else to target. But, I mean, he is just peppering Hopkins with targets. It's great for Hopkins owners. you got to love that. He's, he's just basically turned him into his NFL Mike Williams, which, hey, if it works, it works. Either way, they have reason to be excited in Houston and absolutely top five at the moment here. And I don't see any, any reason to think, you know, that won't be the case for the rest of the year and going forward. So, buying all day. If you drafted him, congratulations. I own him in a 32-team IDP dynasty, and I'm very proud of that fact because he's my future right now, and I just hope he, knock on wood, stays healthy. Oh, man, how big could Wes, How big could uh, Will Fuller wind up being for, like, best ball people? They got him super late mm-hmm. for next to nothing. And, you know, it only counts if it's a great game, and he's going out there Wolves last week, like 257 and two scores. I'll take that stat line 
every week. I love how Lawson's playing. The fact that the Browns could have had him at number 12 and decided to pass is so very Cleveland. <laughs> hey, Will Fuller is on pace for 32 touchdowns this year. I mean, that, you can take that. Best ball. That's it. Best ball. Hey, I just Watson at least two or three times a game is just rearing back and letting it rip to Fuller, and the kid can run. So I, I love how much Watson is just bombing away vertically. It's just fun to watch. Yeah, just, just run around for a second and chuck it 45 yards. Yes. Hey, you get intercepted, it's like a punt. Why not? What do you got to lose? Except the game. Trying to find a positive, Ryan, with the Cleveland Browns. Rookie tight end, my boy Njoku. Looked pretty good last week. Showed some signs of life with Kevin Hogan, at quarterback. The Browns are going to start Hogan again on Sunday because they're stupid. But could that mean good things for the youngster from Miami going forward? Yeah, I don't know why everybody hates Kessler so much, but <laughs> I looked at his stats last year. It was actually They were actually pretty decent. But anyway, uh, yeah. I'm 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 gonna sell him. I, I like him a lot. I like him in Dynasty, but I'm looking at his target share. Week one, two. Week two, four, four, two, three. He had three targets. He caught all three of those targets for 48 yards and one touchdown. I mean, I get it. He's got three touchdowns in five weeks, and that's where you make your hay in tight end. But I still think he's just a touchdown dependent dart throw. One of those ugh, tight ends. I like him. I love him. I think that was a good draft pick by the Browns, Gary, so I'm not trashing your Browns. But, nah, I, I don't like him for week six. Well, sorry to hear that because I had to pick him up in a couple leagues where my tight ends are all either hurt on a bye or, in the case of Tyler Eifert, hurt and on a bye. In that kind of year. <laughs> hey, maybe he'll, maybe he'll probably catch that down. Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings should be a good one. Vikings with a chance to gain a little ground back in the NFC North. Packers with a chance to send a message to the rest of the division that this is we got this, guys. We're, I'm going to assume with this, Ryan, that Stephon Diggs plays on Sunday. He sat out some of the Monday night loss. Looked like a some sort of muscle. I mean, I don't think it was anything serious. I almost wondered at first if it was cramps, but he was out of the game for quite a while because they were working on it. Quite a bit. But assuming Stephon Diggs plays, him or Devontae Adams? I'm going to go uh, definitely Devontae Adams here. I, I, I'm a big Stephon Diggs truther, but what we saw Sunday night cannot be unseen. Uh, Adams looked amazing after that deadly hit. <laughs> we thought he was done for for the season. The next thing you know, he comes back and rips off two TDs. But uh, uh, that whole case, Keenum, and then you have Sam Bradford, who looks like he can probably – he probably couldn't reach my great-grandmother in a ground race right now. Um, but – I just I would want my faith in a receiver I know is going to have a higher touchdown possibility coming from Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm not going to put my faith in Case Keenum. I like Diggs, but I think the Devontae Adams is a low end 
wide receiver one, and Diggs is a low-end wide receiver two right now. David, a battle of running backs who may not even start for their respective teams, although the more that I looked with this, Chris, and I wrote these before the Monday night game, so you know what? I'm not even going to go with Aaron Jones versus Latavius Murray because it would be Aaron Jones. <laughs> Aaron Jones versus Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, I'm taking PPR. McKinnon there. Um, I think, uh, and, and PPR thrown in there as well. Um, first, first of all, you know, they say Montgomery might suit up. I don't see them doing that. I, I don't I don't think that they need to do that uh, in this game. I think they can win it without him. Um, and Aaron Jones was great last week. But something people are overlooking is the Cowboys are seventh most generous against opposing running backs, you know, and the Vikings are, are third stingiest. So it's um, a tougher matchup this week. I don't think, you know, you can really get exposed too much in this offense. But um, I, I like McKinnon a lot. Green Bay is favored in this game. McKinnon, I mean, Murray's a good passing down back too. But McKinnon showed on Monday night, provided they continue with what was successful Monday night, that he's excellent out of the backfield. And we've seen it in years past before, as you mentioned earlier. So, yeah, I like McKinnon a lot, um, especially in a PPR, catching out of the backfield. I could see him having five or six receptions in this game easily, trying to keep up with – Green Bay and that offense that shouldn't be too stoppable these days, and uh, even that's without Jordy Nelson potentially too. Although I think he practiced today, but um, yeah, so give me uh, give me McKinnon for sure. I've, I've seen quite a bit of stuff. You had people ready to just hand the starting job in Green Bay to Aaron Jones after winning, which he had a great game. Don't get me wrong, but like you said, that there's a pretty good sized asterisk next to it. The Cowboys have made just about every running back they've faced this year look good. So you have to take it with it. Now if he can put that if he puts that kind of day up Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, who's defensively are no joke, then I will officially be a believer. But for now, I'm with you. Color me a little skeptical. Detroit Lions, New Orleans Saints in the super duper dome. Adrian Peterson has been shipped off to the retirement home, otherwise known as Arizona. It's just Ingram and Kamara now for the Saints in the backfield. So we'll go with the lead backs in this game. David, Amir Abdullah or Mark Ingram? I like Mark Ingram here, um, but I was really on him as a buy before the AP trade. Um, He's been dominating the snap counts and carries. And really, he's a lot more involved in the passing game than a lot of people realize. Kamara, who is their quote-unquote passing down back, has 20 receptions on the year. Ingram's got 15, you know. So he's much more heavily involved in the first and second down, also third down. So um, he's their best all-around back. There's a reason they shipped off AP. That's probably not it, but <laughs> there's plenty of reasons they probably shipped off AP. I like Ingram's usage, and, uh, you know, you got to love the Saints down in New Orleans in the Dome in their home turf where their offense historically performs their best. So um, I like how Abdullah has been coming on of late, but I'm leaning Ingram in this one. As David mentioned, the Saints usually play well at home offensively, but they haven't played well defensively in about, what, six, seven years. So, Ryan, Matt Stafford or Drew Brees? Yeah, I'm with David on this one too. Um gonna start my uh Saints at home. Uh Drew Brees after a bye week at home historically is always gonna light it up. And in week three I remember I betted against him. And then he sure enough went out and threw three touchdowns. 
for 220 yards and had a great week and no interceptions. And it's just like, oh, man, I'm never doubting this guy again. So, no, it's with Stafford. I know he's going to play. He's a little nicked up. Eric Ebron drops everything and anything you throw to him. So, no, it is Drew Brees for me. Oh, I watched the first part of that this for a Carolina game. I said, Eric Ebron is just a soul murderer. I oh, if I was a I can't imagine I can't imagine being a Lions fan and just feeling your heart just sink every time the ball's headed toward him because you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> He's gonna drop I, it and then they'll Right. <laughs> and then Fells gets two touchdowns. It's like okay, that makes sense. I agree with you guys. I like Matt. Don't get me wrong. I like Stafford this week, but I don't think you can really ever beat against bet against. Excuse me, Drew Brees at home. This one should be tight. Brian, Miami Dolphins, <laughs> the defending NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons. Excuse me, I'm giggling a little bit. Are there any Dolphins, any at all, on the offense? Ajay, Parker, Landry, <laughs> Cutler. Who you would start this week? Yeah, um, <laughs> Cutler. I never want to talk talk about again. I've written about him numerous weeks with all these cake matchups, and I said, you know what, I'm done. It is what it is. But no, um, any Dolphin, I'm going to start. I, I think you got to stick to your guns with the Jai. I, I like that he's getting his opportunity share of the 81, percent and that's ranked fifth among running backs. Snapshares ranked seventh among running backs at 79%. I I understand he's been letting fantasy owners down, but I see him as a buy low. So if you can, you should, I, in my personal opinion. But, yeah, I think you got to stick to your guns with J.J. That's the only Dolphin I'm starting. And uh, I don't think Devontae Parker is even going to play, so. David, explain this to me. I commented on it a little bit earlier, but why is Matt Moore not the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins right now? Well, I think he will be after this week. You know, when you go up to Atlanta and you're going to get shellacked um, like you should, I think Atlanta's an 11-point favorite, 11 points. Now, I know the odds makers have been a little bit off um, this past couple of weeks, but I think they got this one pretty hammered down. I think uh, after this, they're going to have no choice but to turn to Matt Moore and realize they flushed $10 million down the toilet. I'm just there. It's not that Cutler has struggled a little or the offense has been kind of out of sync. It's, they can't. It's awful. Army throws the ball better than Miami does right now. I just I don't <laughs> understand. I mean, after, okay, they had the one really bad game, and you're like, well, you know, everyone has a bad game now and again. Cutler hadn't played, didn't get much for camp. It'll get better. No, it's gotten worse. I just, they can't move the ball at all. How they won last week, I well, I know how they won. They played the JV Titans with a Matt Castle, Brandon Whedon double dip at quarterback. But, I don't know, 11 points, I'll tell you, I'll give you the 11. I'm taking Atlanta. There's no way I would lay money on the Miami Dolphins right now at plus 11. And I don't know if I would if it was plus 21. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, here's 
this game is a sign of the apocalypse because it's a battle for first place in the AFC East between the New England Patriots and the Jets, who won three in a row because I I give up at this point. Obviously, none of us know anything about football because the Jets – and the Jets were supposed to be tanking, so they can't even do that right. But Will Powell looks yes. like he's going to be out this week. Looks like Powell's going to be out this week. So, David, let's assume Matt Forte sits. Let's look at the let's glass half bullet by benching Forte, because that's where we're at. Elijah McGuire or James White? Well, it didn't matter which uh, running back started or, or played the majority of the snaps for the Jets. I was going White with this one all the way. Um, he's a massive part of this offense. He's out-snapping Gillis Lee by like 60 snaps right now. Um, he's got more targets than any Patriot not named Chris Hogan. I mean, he's got 35 targets on the year. So he's a monstrous, monstrous part of this offense at the moment. Now, you know New England, how they can just switch things up on you, have magic injuries happen overnight, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? So um, just, you know, ride it while it's hot, and when it breaks down, just have a backup plan. But I love White um, in every game going forward until something goes wrong. You got to drop it while it's hot. Ryan, have we reached the point in the season where if you called Brandon Cooks the number one receiver for the Patriots, that that would be factually incorrect? Is Chris Hogan, quote-unquote, the guy? Yep. Chris Hogan is, quote-unquote, the guy. I mean, you're talking about from weeks three through five, 100% of the snap shares. So every offensive play the Patriots have ran, he's out there. And he has, let me see here, so from week, week two, three red zone targets. Week three, two red zone targets. Week four, three red zone targets. And week five, he only had one. But guess what? He has five touchdowns in four weeks. I don't see how he's not. He's not boomer bust. He's not. Actually, last week he had eight receptions. So that was the most he had before that was just five. But it's pretty clear Chris Hogan's the guy, and you probably snagged him up pretty late. So lucky you, and I feel sorry for the Brandon Cooks owner. I threw quite a bit. We had a couple leagues where we'd already drafted, but we had preseason free agency with Fab. And I think I threw 711 of my $1,000 because Hogan's nickname is 7-Eleven because he's always open. I threw $711 at him. Money well spent. I mean, I'm starting him every week. He's been – I'd feel better if I pulled Danny Amendola off the waiver wire than I would if I spent what it cost Brandon Cook's owners to get him. No kidding. It's it's just crazy. Who would have thought it, we could not have drawn this up? Only the Patriots. Yeah. But I'm, <clears throat> there were some fantasy pundits in the offseason who may have mentioned about Brandon Cooks, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed in New England and they're not going to force it to a guy just because they paid a lot of money for him. So I just, his ADP got few bricks for my blood personally. So I don't think I have him on any team. Fogan on a few, Amendola on a dynasty where my receivers are horrible and he's been a godsend. <laughs> Ryan. Hey, healthy. San Francisco 49ers searching for their first win in the nation's capital against the Washington Redskins. 
coming off the bye. Explain to me, Mr. Black, what the hell happened with Carlos Hyde last week? Yeah, there's uh, conflicting reports. Um, that I, I really don't think it is an injury. I think he might be in the doghouse, and for what, I don't know. But I think this is a get-right game for him. I still think Hyde's number one there. I don't I don't, I don't think it's Matt Braida or David, you alluded to earlier, however the heck we pronounce that name. But um, I, I think this is still Hyde. And I think you need to hold tight. Don't panic. Do not panic on Hyde. And he doesn't seem to be hurt. He's practicing this week. And just play him. It'll be just fine. The hot hand. That's what I'm looking at Hyde's stat line last week, and I'm like, what is – you're playing the Colts. And then I see Breda's numbers start jumping. I'm like, what the – turned it on. I'm like, what the – <laughs> David, the Redskins have had an extra week to work on the what's been a pretty spotty connection between Kirk Cousins and Terrell Pryor over the first month of the season. Do they get that together, or would Pierre Garcon be the better fantasy play? I think uh, with what we know, you know, not what we what we hope for, but what we actually know. Uh, Garcon's the better better play here. Um, you know, he did pretty good last week. He ended up snagging eight receptions for 94 yards versus Indy. And, um, you know, he hasn't scored yet, but he's great in PPR so far, 28 receptions on the year. Pryor hasn't had a good game yet. He's had a good reception, and that was for a touchdown, and that's it. So I'm going to miss Pryor's first good game before I feel confident starting him. He's not a must-start. He never was. And so um, let me see it first, coming off the bye you know, decent matchup here. I don't see why not, but um, I'm going Garcon until I know otherwise from prior. Can't say that I disagree. Plus, no Josh Norman for the Redskins this week. He'll be out probably another three weeks or a month with cracked ribs and lung damage, which just sounds delightful. Go back to you, David, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Arizona Cardinals. If Carson Palmer had thrown a couple more touchdown passes, his fantasy numbers would look very nice. His yardage number has been great. I just think he only has five or six touchdown passes in five games. On the road again, but not a one o'clock start, which is a good thing for Arizona. Carson Palmer or Jameis Winston? Hmm. You know, both defenses have been pretty bad versus quarterback. But um, I'd rather start the guy not facing Patrick Peterson and, and Tyron Matthew. So uh, Palmer for me, um, especially now that John Brown's back. I'm really excited. I was really excited about him all summer. It's good to see him back. Um, you know, hopefully he'll get going here. But, um, yeah, i I'd definitely go Palmer in this one. Ryan, I'm not going to ask the Ellington versus Martin question I have because that was before the acquisition of one Adrian Peterson. I'll just get your opinion on that. What do you make of Adrian Peterson in the desert now? I mean, does he – what kind of value does he have moving forward, if any? Uh, he's a desperation flex at best. I, I actually still think Ellington's the way to go. Um you know, you alluded to it earlier. They, Carson Palmer is throwing at a – I think he's on a rate of 
700 and something passes. I don't know. It's something ridiculous. But Adrian Peterson really doesn't catch the ball well. I think he's going to handle 10, maybe 13 carries a game. He might be able to break off a long run. I mean, we haven't really been able to see a chance. But I hate to say it. I think Ellington's still the back to own in PPR because you have eight targets in week three, 14 in week four, 10 in week five. I mean, Adrian, it's all good and well, but, I mean, David Johnson's going to come back soon, and he's really just a stopgap, maybe an RB3 type. Oh, Ellington's been money in PPR. I don't care if it's eight catches for 35 yards. You're in PPR, eight catches for 35 yards, 11 and a half points. I'll take that on my flex all day, especially what some of my rosters look like. Los Angeles Red. Here's a battle of teams that we didn't expect to be sitting at this record five weeks into the season. The three and two Los Angeles Rams. The three and two Jacksonville Jaguars. Ryan, battle of the big dogs at running back. Two of maybe the two highest scoring running backs in fantasy football so far this year. Todd Gurley or Leonard Fournette. You know, I hate to say that I actually picked Fournette as a bust coming into this year, but I'll, I'll admit to my mistakes. I'm, I'm, I'm going Fournette in this game. Um, I think the Rams were actually exploited last week. So, you know, Gurley didn't do too well. He finally came off of, you know, Mount Everest. And, you know, I think Leonard Fournette, he has all the trust in the world of Coughlin, Coughlin and the whole Jaguars coaching staff. I mean, you you look at it, and he's tu- he, he scored a touchdown in every game, two last week. He's been an RB2 every week. Actually, his worst performance was RB14, and, and that was against Tennessee. It's it's just ridiculous. I'm going to stick with the hot hand in Fournette. Gurley's still a good play, but give me Fournette above him. Oh, he looks so good on that 90-yard run. That boy was moving. Has a big back moving that fast. Very impressive. Plus, you know, being a plus being a Browns fan, I'm not super fond of the Steelers. So watching them get smoked by the Jaguars in Pittsburgh, yeah, that was unfortunate. David, <laughs> a lot of folks with wide receiver injuries. A lot of folks maybe looking for a spot starter. Give me a wide receiver from this game that you might actually start with a straight pace. Nope, I won't do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, if I got a gun to my head, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to start any of the Rams receivers. Jacksonville's pretty darn good against wide receiver. Um, you know, they gave up a lot of yards to Pittsburgh uh, last week um, and gave some points there, but they've only allowed one touchdown on the year, and that was in Week One against Houston. They haven't scored or allowed a, a touchdown to a wide receiver since that time. And I don't know that they're going to do it this week either. Um, Hearns would be the guy that I would start if I had to start a wide receiver out of this game. Um, and I can't stress that enough. If I had to start a wide receiver, it would be Hearns. He's got eight red zone targets uh, for Jacksonville. And so he's got the best chance of score there. So that would be the guy if I had to pick one. Cool. That Desperation League where I've got Amendola at wide receiver in a dynasty, I also have Hearns. You guys are filling out my wide receiver core for this week. I appreciate it so much. You're, you're so sweet. Pittsburgh, Chief, Pittsburgh Steelers, 
excuse me, Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs, the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs, the offensive buzzsaw that is the Kansas City Chiefs because, of course, we all saw that coming heading into the season. David, I let Ryan kick between Fournette and Gurley, so I got to give this one to you. Kareem Hunt or Le'Veon Bell? Well, I'm glad that Ryan went with um, Fournette. Fournette and Hunt are my lead dogs that are that I'm writing about in my DFS article due out tomorrow morning. Um, I'm going Hunt in this one, no doubt about it. I mean, Hunt's averaging 6.8 yards per touch, and Pittsburgh is allowing 5.1 yards per touch to opposing running backs. I mean, they're the fourth, fourth most generous um, to opposing running backs, and, you know, the, the Chiefs are third stingiest. I think that – uh, this will be a ball game, despite what people think. You know, Ben on the road. Heck, Ben at home now. You know, he looks rough out there. But they're going to compete, I think. But I temper expectations for Bell. If you own him, you start him. But Hunt is a lock right now. Spend the budget in DFS. Get Hunt in all your lineups everywhere you can get him. You heard the man. 5.1 yards to touch allowed. He is breaking out the knowledge. So, and you got that stuff for free, folks. You can't put information on <laughs> Brian, as David alluded to, Big Ben um, didn't look so good last week, five interceptions, two pick sixes. Are we starting to see the decline of Ben Roethlisberger? I don't I, – yeah, I do think we're starting to see the decline. Uh, I just don't think it's the end. His his yards per attempt is, is kind of what's scary. Like, against Jacksonville, and, and that's a great defense, 5.7 yards per attempt. Um, I'm looking at his, his high this year, 7.3. That's under his normal par, and he only has one CB1 performance. Uh, you know – I don't think it's the end of the road, but you need to have an alternative or start streaming somebody or hopefully you have a backup. But, yeah, I mean, for him as a QB1, quite possibly, but some in, in the right matchup, he's okay. Because we totally thought going into this year that, you know, by week six, we would see matchups like Jared Goff starting against Jacoby Brissett in fantasy football. We totally called that. <laughs> We knew. I know, and, and Alex. We Smith, just didn't tell you. Oh, Smith's been. I'm. And every week I keep telling because I've benched Alex Smith so many times, and I've left him sit there and been like, he's gonna remember he's Alex Smith. I don't think he's gonna remember he's Alex Smith this year. They done drafted Patrick Mahomes and awaking the rage. <laughs> In Alex, and he is just totally hulking out on the rest of the NFL. And yep, I don't know. There's maybe two or three quarterbacks I'd start over in fantasy right now, which is another sign of the apocalypse. So the end of nine, folks, you might want to <laughs> repent. L.A. Chargers got their first win of the year last week. Oakland Raiders have now dropped three in a row and are freaking out. Ryan, another cosmic mystery. The Amari Cooper melt carton, and it's not just EJ Manuel because he was on the melt carton the week before that. What's going on? Now, I think everyone on this call, um, this podcast right now, said that Amari Cooper would be a bust, and it, it, it's pretty much showing that way. You know, I mean, he's 
he had 13 targets in week one. He had a great week one. I get that. But after that, his uh, target share was he had eight targets in week four, and he had two receptions for nine yards. It's ridiculous. I think he's he's the RB. I mean, excuse me, the wide receiver 73 right now. Um, I don't. You obviously can't do anything with him. You don't drop him. You don't do anything. But I sure to heck would not start him this week. Crabtree, which we were telling you in the preseason, is where it's at on this team. You need to stick that way, but you need to hold him. And uh, I mean, maybe if somebody wants name value, you can get something out of him. I, but no, don't like him this week. David, beast mode has been more like least mode so far this season. Not a lot to, for Marshawn Lynch fantasy owners to smile about. Are the Raiders just keeping him fresh, or is Marshawn Lynch stale? Well, um, it's really tough to say. I, he kind of reminds me of like a way cooler Frank Gore, you know, where you can get – He's this ancient running back. He might score. He's going to get his touches, but he's good for about 10 points a game. And I think he just kind of is what he is at this point in the the second part of his career on his comeback tour here. Um, if you can sell him, I, I would sell him. I, I wouldn't take a bath on him, but, I mean, Jalen Richard had 25 snaps uh, last week compared to Lynch's 27. Um, DeAndre Washington's coming back. It's it's really just a thing you got to – Either either rock him as your RB3 and just know that he is what he is and expect 10 and nothing more um, or, or get rid of him. But make a decision. Now's the time. Yeah, I just – and, you know, it might have been unreasonable of us to really expect much of anything from Lynch after a year away <laughs> and given his age and career workload and all that good stuff. Man – I expected a little bit more than this, running behind that offensive line in Oakland. And we just we're far enough into the season that I don't know that I expect to see some massive improvement all of a sudden. I mean, maybe he'll have a big week here or there where he gets a couple short yardage touchdowns. And if you can get a big week like that and get somebody interested in him who's a little desperate for a running back or something, then yeah, I probably sell medium at this point if I could get something of value. The Sunday night game, always a weekly spotlight of the finest the National Football League has to offer. This week features the New York Giants against the Denver Broncos. David, you got to start a giant. Who's it going to be? Oh, um, I have to start a giant? <laughs> There's no way. Yep. I'll just, I just quit fantasy football. I'll just quit fantasy football. Um Gosh, I ugh, I don't even know, man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Gallman, I guess, or or um, uh, is Vereen playing? If Vereen's playing, that's the guy I'd start. But honestly, I haven't even looked at him because I'm not touching it. I mean, I'm out on all Giants. Uh, maybe Evan Ingram, you know, because tight ends are just a disaster and a mess this year. But but that's it, man. I mean, stick a fork in them; they're done. My problem with Ingram is is that the Broncos know as well as we do that that he's the only semi-competent pass catcher they have except for Shane Vereen. And Akeem Talib's a big corner, so they could body him up on Ingram and just kind of take him out of the game. And the Giants have nothing. 
if I can. No. And a bunch of guys whose names I don't even know. I feel bad. I honestly feel bad for Eli Manning because he's got to be looking around like, God, why do you hate me? Like, what did I do? Ryan, the Denver Broncos, on the other hand, are not suffering from a shortage of wide receiver talent. They have a very talented one-two punch. It can be a little hard to figure out from week to week. Is this an Emmanuel Sanders week or a Demarius Thomas? I think this is finally the Demarius Thomas week. Um, called a hunch, but he was uh, out targeting. Well, week four was a massacre on all ends against Denver, but um, he was out targeting Sanders uh, before the bye week. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to use this here, but the Giants have given up six touchdowns in five games and tight ends. A.J. Derby. I actually think he is going to be the highest-scoring fantasy receiver for the Denver Broncos this week. But um, if I had to pick one of those receivers, I'm going Thomas. Wow, A.J. Derby. See, now I'm going to be looking at his cost on FanDuel this week. Like, hmm. <laughs> I got to nice man, guy I like that. I like that A.J. Derby call a lot. I mean, he think he's like 2,700 on DraftKings. And you look at what, what the Giants have given up to tight ends. I mean, it's it's enticing. If you blow your budget on Fournette and, uh, and Hunt at 8000 and 8200 respectively, you're going to need to scrimp somewhere. And A.J. Derby's not a bad dart throw, man. I mean, you're hoping for a score there. Um, he splits that time with Virgil Green. Virgil Green's definitely out snapping him at the moment. But, but I think he's run more routes and he's got more targets. So I like that call a lot. Yeah, Great tournament pick. You, when you're picking a guy for a tournament, you need that. Go ahead. No, no, I was saying he was uh, right before the bye week. He was, I think, four for 75 and a touchdown against uh, Oakland. So, I don't know. Wow. I'll keep that one under my hat because that would be a great tournament pick. Just a great one. You need – for tournaments, you need that one – left field guy and essentially that's all tournaments are is which left field guy hits and the people that picked him and mixed him with the right combination of dependable and semi-dependable fantasy options and then threw that screwball in there they, they, that's the people that walk away with how do you win a million dollars and they don't even say ball face luck <laughs> <laughs> last game of the week Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans could be a thriller if it winds up being Jacoby Brissett versus the immortal Matt Castle. Brian, what is up with DeMarco Murray? Is he just still hurt? Is it a function of Tennessee's overall offensive struggles, all of the above? No, uh... I actually like DeMarco a little bit this week. I think that, I mean, you got to think, everybody thought when Hunter Henry had the breakout game a couple weeks back, they thought DeMarco was done, and then he came back. I mean, I know it was one big run. Um, I think it was 85 yards, but he's still the guy there, and it is pretty clear. The snap share, it leans in his favor pretty heavily. So I, I'm not bailing. I 
I like the matchup. I, I think he's a solid. You didn't draft you drafted him as an RB one, so sure you're pissed off, but he's a solid RB two. Um, I think he's also another good buy low target. There you go. Finally, David, is your team with the worst luck ever to go along with that giant that you had to start? You need a wide receiver from this game, not named T.Y. Hilton. Uh, um, so I'm not starting any any Titans wide receivers at the moment, um, just with the quarterback position, unless, unless of course, Mariota miraculously plays um, in this game. But, you know, they're saying he's game-time decision, which sounds, like, doubtful to me. So I'm not banking on that. I guess it would be Moncrief if I had to do one. You know, Tennessee's been very generous to wide receivers, um, second most in snaps for the Colts and third most in targets. So, uh, you know, I would go Moncrief here, but don't hold me to it. There you go, folks. That is week six in a nutshell and our show for this evening. Gentlemen, I would like to thank you very kindly for joining me. Thanks, Gary. Always a pleasure. David? Always a pleasure. Glad, glad we get the three of us together on this one this week. Oh, it's just the best way to do it. It's a fine trio of team fantasy minds. And as we wrap up, I just want to say, as I prepare to potentially have my soul crushed by a Cleveland team again, go Tribe. (laughs) 